Welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast, episode 197. Altai here, joined this week by... Remo. All right, we're both back in town, back in Vegas, and uh, feeling good. Ready to rumble, boys. Ready to go. So this week, we were contacted by a Chinese game studio, and we're all about that full disclosure here at MMOs.com, and also people are curious about the business side of things, so we do like talking about full disclosure on here. So what happens sometimes is uh, a lot of these Chinese companies will offer advertise with us, and what we what we usually offer them is like, hey, look, like they'll come with us with a shitty mobile game or a shitty browser game. In this case, Altai, the shitty game that they want to advertise with us is called Dragon Awakening. Let me go and link you this. I know yeah. they're not listening to this podcast because they're listening. They might like pull the advertising dollars, but they're not listening, so we're fine. So this guy, these guys, email us saying, listen, we want to be included on MMOs.com. We want to be in your game library. We want we want a game page. On MMOs.com for Dragon Awaken. All right. So if you see any of our game pages, we got some screenshots, we got an overview, we got pros and cons. Basically, they want to be on our list for, you know, some traffic, right? And typically, we try to include everything on MMOs.com. You know, we, we don't like discriminating. You know, basically, if you run an MMO, we want to have you listed on MMOs.com. We do have a bit of a criteria, though. If you're a shitty game, we're not going to cover you, only because, like, we can only cover so many games. There are so many browser games, so many mobile games. So if you're a really duker, no effort Chinese game or no effort Western game, we're not going to cover you because we got better games to cover, right? So we weren't going to cover these guys, for example. But then, you know, I said, listen, we don't normally cover games like yours. However, if you give us 300 bucks, we'll go ahead and cover you. All right. That's our fee for including you on MMOs.com. And I like the size of the company. If they're a bigger company, I can ask for more money. So they agreed 300 bucks. I'm going to cover them on MMOs.com. All we're going to do for them, by the way, is have a game page for them. Nothing special. We're going to call them pay to win, by the way, because they're obviously a pay to win nonsense game. So when they pay money for inclusion on MMOs.com, we don't give them any preferential treatment. But as I was researching their game all the time, I found their Steam page. And I found something a little bit suspicious on hmm. the Dragon Awakened Steam page. Hmm. So let's look at their Steam page, Altai. All right. Let's see what's going on. Dragon Awaken is a semi-turn-based so, mm-hmm. heroic fantasy RPG where you will have to collect dragons, improve your armors, and develop new skills and recruit legendary heroes. Okay, what's going on here? Okay, here's what's going on, Altai. Scroll down to where it says reviews, where their accolades are, right? And look at that review they cited. This game is actually the most beautiful RPG flash game on the market. 100. Free game 2017. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute. There's no way that that has to be fake, right? So you click into it, right? It literally just goes to, like, their website where they can play the game. <laughs> it's like not, this is, they're not even pretending to be a review website. You click into it all the time. Yep, it's just, it's just their... Uh... It's literally just a portal to play this game. It's hosted on free on freegame2017.com, right? It's just another portal for the exact same game. This is not a review website. This is... This is just literally their source for their fake review was like their own website, which is hilarious. It's like it's supposed to be a quote from there as well, but no, it's just literally their own nonsense. Do you think they get in trouble for this? If we report them to Steam? I mean, they are obviously faking their reviews, and I'm yeah. pretty sure Steam is a process. You, know, you can't like fake that. So they probably would get in trouble for that. But yeah, these guys are paying us 300 bucks, and somebody in the chat said we probably could have gotten more. Uh, we do charge some companies varying degrees, whatever we can get from them. But here, here's here's the spiel, guys. Here's the spiel. All right. They wanted a page for Dragon Awakening. But the funny thing is we already had a page for Dragon Awakening on MMOs.com. Don't tell them. All right. Don't tell them. Look at I'll take, take a look at this page. So we actually already had a page up on MMOs.com for their game that they paid us to put a page up for. So literally get this. They paid us for nothing. So uh, so they paid us 300 bucks. And we'll be like, all right, you know, your page is up right here. Well, we didn't scan them, Galaxy. There's no scam going on. All right. I said 300 bucks for a page. And after they paid us, I realized, wait a minute, we already have a page for their game. We don't got to do shit. So all I did was update the Play Now button to go to their homepage. Because apparently, this game is published by like five different companies. And we were linking to a different company. 
instead of their website. So they, they, they we did change our play now button to link to their website instead of somebody else's website for the same game. So they literally paid us three hundred bucks for nothing. So that's that's Dragon Awaken, Dragon Awaken boys. So this is what happens when like your marketing department is uh, separate and doesn't doesn't communicate with your other departments. So some bureaucracy lost in the shuffle. It is weird that like you think they were like you you would you would think before before they offered to pay us to list their game, you think they would check if we had their game on MOS.com first. You would think like that's like the base level of research you do before offering to pay someone. But no, they didn't do it, boys. Easy. Yeah. And Lord FOE, obviously it's a pay to win Chinese game. Three hundred bucks is not a lot of money to them. Obviously they can afford to advertise. I think um on their website they have like three hundred servers for this game. This game mints money. Like all these pay to win browser games, uh, mobile games, they make a lot of money. So they're minting the money. Yeah. Well, speaking of blunders, uh, gaming related blunders, uh, it's another week, which means another spatial OS uh, project has gone under. I, I think we've been three episodes running now. We've been doing this, and there's wait, there's more. This time it's a game called uh, Lazarus. Uh, it's some kind of space 2D shooter, spatial OS, MMORPG, millions of players, all on the same server, and it's gone. Nothing. <laughs> all right. And uh, who's surprised? Nobody's surprised. This is just what happens these days. Spatial OS is like, if your game is like built on Spatial OS, that's a good chance your game is never going to come out. All right. So far, it's been an utter disaster for Spatial OS. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, you want to jump right to the Kickstarter? Because it's also Spatial Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So as one falls, as one Spatial OS project falls, another one rises to take its place. And this week, we have a new Kickstarter MMORPG. And as always... Kickstarter MMORPGs are the most, uh, I guess, dangerous, risky projects, but they're the most hilarious because they're often not pure scams, like intentional scams. They're more along the lines of uh, wishful thinking on the part of the people making them, right? Mm -hmm. So this week we have a game. Oh, it's, it's already fully funded. Zenith, the cyberpunk MMO for VR and desktop. So this is a spatial OS-powered MMORPG that's VR. So that's a lot of buzzwords, lots of high-end technologies there. Nobody's nobody's been able to make any of this stuff work, right? VR is kind of a letdown so far, especially at the you know MMO scale. Uh, Kickstarter MRPGs have historically been you know not not good, and uh, Spatial OS not good. Nobody else can make it work, but these guys they think they have the secret. So they asked for twenty five thousand dollars. Let's play this video a little here. Yeah. So twenty five thousand dollars, and they already they already at sixty five thousand in I think one or two days. So they have forty three days left, and uh, plenty of time to raise. What I think is going to be a couple hundred thousand dollars at least. So hold on. They wanted $25,000 to make this VR spatial OS MMORPG. Yes. Obviously, you know, that's $25,000. That's so much money, dude. You can make a complete game with that money. So, you know, you can see this guy is very optimistic here, this guy in this beanie. Uh, and so who, what is the team behind this game, right? You know, we're talking VR. We're talking spatial OS. We're talking MMORPG, right? These are, the, these are some high-end technologies requiring big staffs, big names. So who do we have in this team here? Okay, so let's scroll down, skip all this nonsense about how it's going to have millions of players. Advanced advanced AI is our promise. All right, let's go down here. Da -da. Okay, so advisors—they start with their advisors. So these people aren't actually on staff, I assume. They're just kind of helping out, you know, giving their advice. So we got Adam Hetenyi, principal lead MMO designer, Cryptic Studios. Pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Not a developer, but he's a designer. It's nice to have. And who's our number two uh, consultant here? Emmy Evans, lead voice for Near Automatica. Okay, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, whatever. I'm not sure what her um, insight is supposed to be, but 
I'm sure she's going to give it her all in her advice there. So now we mm -hmm. move on to the staff here, okay? These are the pair here. They are, the, I guess, they're going to be the lead developers, the people running the show. Lauren mm -hmm. and Andy are lucky to be working with... Okay, and these two have five people on board right now. So it's these two, they're two advisors, and these five, I guess, workers. So who are these workers? We got Will, environment concept artist, Florida. No last name, just Will. Just Will. You know, I go by Will. There's no last name. Number two is Jessica, 3D environment artist, Arizona. Uh, Jordan, composer. Majid is uh, animator. And we got Sun from Korea, who's a character concept artist. We got a lot of artists on board, as you can see. We got some. Right, I, I got a theory out there. They didn't put the last names for their team because they didn't want them to check out their LinkedIn profiles. That's the oh. only reason. Otherwise, why would you just put first names on your staff member? I've never seen that before. Normally, like you put your first and last name if you're, if you're an employee for a company or if you're freelancing for a company, put your first and last name. They literally got outsourced artists from Turkey, probably working super cheap, you know, Majid. What is this? Okay. So one little tidbit over here. Again, they have the two... Two, two, they have five freelancers essentially globally, and the, these two main main dudes that are the co the founders. So I was watching the video all time, and in the, I, I I don't really peg myself as anyone that's racist or anything or sexist, right? Oh, but, 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 but having said but, that, but having said that, I did make um like if you if you go to the video, go to one fifty four in the video all time. Go to one fifty four in the video. Uh oh, am I getting in trouble for this? No, not, why would you get in trouble for this? I don't know. You, what's going to come here? Let's go. Let's okay, hear it. Let's hear it. when I saw when I saw this, okay, I'm like, well, come on. We got this. We got this woman gonna be making an MRPG. What does she Whoa. know about programming? Whoa. What does she know, right? My gut reaction was she probably doesn't know anything about programming, right? She probably, you know, what? She's a voice actor. What's she doing over here? You know? Well, that, that was my initial reaction. However, I will. Have to, I had to eat my hat. Listen, I was completely, completely wrong because I googled her name and she is fucking credible. Okay, she, she was a senior developer at Google. Damn. For like, for like three years. In, in programming, not like bullshit, in actual programming. She worked numerous other programming jobs. She's, she knows her shit, okay? I, I had to eat my own hat because I thought for sure, eh, what does she know? Eh, my, my, my gut reaction was like, eh, you know, well, eh. The guy I, with the, 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 look, the Asian guy with the beanie, I fucking trust that. The guy, in my mind, by default, that guy's a fucking <laughs> ninja programmer in my mind, right? Look, if, if he didn't have the beanie on, that's like minus five points for programming skill, but he had the beanie. That adds more, like, credibility, right? But I, I just didn't get the programmer vibe from the, from the girl. Her LinkedIn profile definitely checks out. What big of you to admit your uh, bias? I was wrong. And, I was and biased how, and I was wrong. Yeah, that's okay. That's cool. I actually didn't give it much thought to either of their uh, backgrounds. I didn't look at their Kickstarters or anything. I did look. They, they have made a previous game. So the first thing I looked at was, okay, well, what's their background, right? In terms of gaming. I don't really care about their LinkedIn. They, have, they started this company in 2019. But in 2017, they started working on a different game. A different uh, VR game. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you their previous title in VR, okay? Mm -hmm. This is their previous title in VR. It's a shooting game called Conjure Strike. It came out in 2018. Um, and, drumroll please, there are zero people playing it online right now. None. Uh, the all-time peak players for their previous title is five. <laughs> they got five people playing this game. Peak. And listen, for sure, for sure, it was them two online, right? These two guys were all, and, and whatever, whatever other freelance, those other five freelance they paid to uh, help with them with the game. Those guys were all online. That's it. Five players. So it is kind of weird that like they went from making this like what they made before was clearly like this VR game, right? It was like a VR like arena shooter style game where very simple. You're in an arena, you shoot magic and spells at each other. You know, pretty bare bone stuff. That was their experience in uh, in making VR games, and they're going from that. To promising this spatial OS powered VR and RPG, it just seems like it's quite a jump, you know. Yeah. yeah. 
Now again, it's not to say this is an intention. I am not alluding, or I'm not even trying to like wink or anything. I really don't believe this is a scam, like a a, mm-hmm. a preemptive scam. I really think this is a case of just people over promising to themselves, or over believing in their own ambi- you know, uh, abilities. Now I could be wrong. You know, there's been like 20 other VR MMORPG Kickstarter projects that kind of failed, but that this could be the one. Yeah, it's possible. But at this point, I don't see why I should think these guys are going to crack this code that uh, much larger teams, much more money haven't you know, been able to crack. Even without the VR, the Spatial OS and VR are both untested, you know, cutting edge stuff. So even without those two elements, other studios have not been able to crack this code. But now you add those two complexities and I, I think they're just, uh, you know, asking for even more uh, headaches. All right, let's look at Lauren Fraser's uh, LinkedIn profile. I was actually very impressed by her. Pro- I, I even look at the guy, I even look at Mr. Asian guy with the beanies profile, right? But she has credibility, okay? So like, unlike the previous, a lot of Kickstarter projects we've seen, the person, their CTO is mega, you know, credible. Mega. Okay, so I have to log in here. Let's see if I can fake a login here. Yeah, remember uh, your information. Uh, what is my? I mean, the game simply. I don't think there's any hope of being like a like a, a successful, only because they tried doing something so ambitious in VR and with Spatial OS, and Spatial OS has been proved to be vaporware so far. I think what we're going to get. I think I'm a bit more optimistic than Altai because I think they will release a product, and the product they release will not be like anything groundbreaking. It will be something. It'll be rather straightforward, you know, VR MMO, something a bit like Orbis VR. You know, I think I think they can easily get something like that made. But that's like to the extent of what they're going to be able to get made. Nothing like super crazy. If you can't get all that, it's no big deal. Uh, I don't think I know. Uh... Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. But she she worked as a software engineer for Google for about three and a half years. Lead engineer uh, for Google Wallet for iOS and Android. She, she was an iOS developer for a company called Fuel. She was a she worked at a company called uh, Nimbly. She went to UPenn. She was a software engineer for Unity Technologies for almost two years in San Francisco. Oh, I'm in. I'm so, in. Okay. All right, so so my point is, she's clearly very skilled. Maybe you know, be amazing if I look up the guy's LinkedIn profile and he's got like literally no programming experience at all. My my default assumption was like the Asian guy with the beanie is a fucking ninja programmer. That was my default. So I'm curious what the guy's gonna be. He's gonna be like the, the yeah. Art- he could be a completely like zero skill. He'll be the artsy guy. Yeah, he could be the artsy guy with like no actual experience making a game. You know. Okay. While we're on LinkedIn, guys, I want to show you my uh, fake LinkedIn profile here. Please don't. Report now, let's me. see Altai's fake LinkedIn. I don't want to get rep- deleted. So there's a website uh, called this this face is not re- this person is not real. So I use that side. This is a fake face, by the way. This is not a real person. It's an AI-generated face. I think it looks pretty good. So, it does look pretty good. That, that's that, that's you, Altai. You are. What's this, your name? My name is uh, Machin Shin. So it's a fake. All it's right. a pretty fake name, though. I gotta work on that. But I am a regional director at Data Distillery LLC. Fake. It all sounds believable. It all sounds believable. Nanavut, Canada. Yeah, well, none, of, is, none of them. Where is that? It's near the Arctic Circle with a population of like 30 people or something. Okay, th- that's obviously fake by putting that there. Come <laughs> no, on. No, no, we're the leading tech company in none of it, uh, Canada. I, okay. I do like the picture you chose. It looks like it, it looks real. It looks like a real person. I know. It's, it's pretty impressive. All right, well, well, scroll down. What, what, are your, what are your qualifications all day? What is your resume? I, what didn't, is your... I didn't fill it out yet, but I'll Oh, some... come on. You can't have a fake profile without having a you know, fake. Fake experience, fake so, this. So why do I have this profile? Because stupid LinkedIn requires, as you guys saw, it requires you to log in to see people's profiles. So I have to make one just so I can log in and, mm-hmm. and creep on people's profiles. There you go. Creep on people's profiles. You do that. Yeah. So there it yeah. is, guys. Zenith, another Kickstarter MMORPG. Uh, I say follow it if you want, but reserve uh, paying for now. Yeah. I think I think I'm a little optimistic all the time. They will get. They will release a product that's going to play a Probably like a worse version of Orbis VR. 
you know, there's already a VR MMORPG out there called Orbis, and actually it works really well. My friends who have played it, including Shu and Chaos, both tell me it's actually a really good game, but it's relatively basic. Obviously, don't get anything, you know, you won't get anything, anything like Sword Art Online, and that one's not powered by, you know, bullshit spatial OS. So you'll get something, I think, with Zenith, but it's not going to be, like, anything crazy, you know? But the fact that they're using spatial OS makes me, that's like the only part that says this is not going to happen. They dump spatial OS, they'll release something, you know? Yeah, I, I'm just a little uh, suspect that they're going to make all this new kind of technology work, but we'll see. We'll see. Yep. All right. All right. Anything else, anything else spicy this week? I've been playing. I, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV, as to be expected myself. As what always. What have you been up to? What have you been up to this last week? I have been traveling from Canada on foot to Vegas, and I made it yesterday. Oh, yes. how, how was that journey? It was arduous, arduous journey. Hmm. But I am back. And I'm actually thinking of resubbing to WoW after this podcast, just to get hmm. my sea legs, catch up on you know, whatever's going on in retail, and uh, in preparation for uh, Classic coming out at the end of the month. I think, again, it's still, I think that will be the, probably the biggest and more PG launch of the year. Though, honestly, it, you know, Shadowbringers was a surprising hit, bringing the game's player base to an all-time high. Curious to see how many servers they launch for Classic WoW and how many servers end up being full. I'm super eager to see what kind of numbers they re- if they release any kind of numbers for it. I think it's gonna be pretty big. Uh, I know I've been following. Apparently, you could like log in to like make your character and register your mm-hmm. name, and the people were saying there were queues of tens of thousands per person per server. What? Just just to get a name yes. and make a character. And I think there's something like I don't know, 20 servers, like 15 or 20 servers, and they've all had queues to log in just to make your character. Oh, Galaxy disagrees with you playing Classic WoW, calling it greedy business greedy? activity. Why? I'm paying what? What is it? Twelve dollars a month? Fifteen dollars a month? I got. I, here's the thing. I, I have a lot of friends who just signed up just to get their name. But why do they care? Like, what, what, why is your name so important? I don't understand. Yeah, I think it's important. Look, I think it, it's pretty cool to have like a like the same name across every game. Yeah, you know, I, like if I can't be Altai, I'll just be Altai with two Y's. Like, what's <laughs> Well, that's true as well. Because like, on Twitter, for example, I'm Remote X instead of Remote because some other douchebag, douche nozzle took my name on Twitter. I mean, Zen Exile, I mean, obviously they want more people to play WoW. I mean, spoilers, you know, literally every, reta- every every video game is trying to get you to play that video game and pay money for it. So I don't think it, you can call it a scam, you know? I think 10,000 of those people who are online to steal Asmogold or Soda Poppin's name. That'd be pretty funny. Honestly, Luigi Camp, that's pretty funny. And honestly, stuff like that happens all the time. So. A lot of those people are probably just trying to steal his name, for sure. But still, 10,000 plus Qs are pretty amazing. I'm pretty sure Classic will have no cash shop, right? So, well, I don't know why it's a skim. You pay the $15 a month. There's literally mm-hmm. no monetization uh, beyond that. Now, you're, you're claiming some people who sign up for Classic might then try and fall for retail. I mean, maybe, mm-hmm. but that's on them. You know, you don't have to play retail just because you pay for Classic. I mean, Galaxy, that mean, it's, Galaxy, instead of, no, it's not a scam, but instead of re-releasing a game, they should just create a new game with new ideas. I mean, but that's not really fair either for, like, the people that w- that don't want new games. There are people that only want to play Classic WoW, you know? Like, I understand that you, as an individual, prefer Blizzard to make a new game, and you prefer to buy that game, but clearly there are millions of people, potentially, that want to play Classic WoW, you know? You can disagree with, uh, you know, Blizzard's allocation of development resources on Classic WoW versus new titles, but there are a lot of people that do want to play Classic WoW. I think if Blizzard thought there was more money to be made in making a new title, they would. I mean, I don't think Blizzard particularly cares about, like, they have no loyalty to making a Classic WoW or a new game. They want to make money. You know, Blizzard is all about making that dough, making that cheddar, as as are most, you know, game studios. Yeah, I'm going to reserve judgment until it actually comes out and we try it. But 
I mean, so far it looks like we're gonna get two games for the price of one. Because uh, mm. I think at this point, retail and classic are so different that you're basically, you know, mm. it's, it's kind of like RuneScape, right? RuneScape, uh, the, the right, no, the non-classic one is a pretty different game than Rune, uh, RuneScape uh, Classic. Like, I, I logged in one time, it's like, th- it's like full 3D, like like pretty decent 3D. Um, so it's, it's basically two games. And Galaxy is, you know, they're exploiting nostalgia. I mean, listen, there there is a demand for Classic WoW, for sure. I mean, if there was no demand, there would be 10,000 plus queues in the, you know, just for reserving your name. And... I don't think exploiting is really a dirty word. They're they are providing what the market demands. You know, people want classic WoW. I mean, they resisted classic WoW for a long time. Like, remember that the giant meme? You think you do, but you don't. So literally for the longest time, they were doing the opposite of what you guys were saying. It was only like overwhelming demand. They're like, all right, fine, maybe we're just wrong. And people really want to play classic WoW. And they cave to people's demands. So I don't know. People say that exploiting nostalgia is like it's a negative thing. But it's what people want. Nostalgia is a hell of a thing. It's why there's still Toy Story 4. That's why we get all these sequels for all these movies, TV shows. The Karate Kid on YouTube. Remember that? The new Karate Kid? It's a great show. It's literally pure nostalgia for a lot of people. But, like, it's great, you know? So, exploiting nostalgia, I think, is okay. They want to do a good job with it, you know? If they make a shit-ass version, you know? I don't think nostalgia can carry an awful product. I think nostalgia will get people in the door. Whether it's a TV show, whether it's a movie, whether it's a game. But if the product is ass or the game is ass, they won't stay around. Nostalgia is a good marketing tool to get people to try your game. Yeah. Also, Galaxy, I think you're just wrong. I think, um, yeah. obviously, in the, in, in the initial buzz, there'll be a lot of people who play and quit. But I think there are, you know, a substantial number of players who will, who want to play, uh, you know, Classic WoW for a long time. I mean, look at all the Classic WoW product servers. You know, there's obviously demand there. We've had Classic WoW servers with 10,000 plus concurrent players. For like years at a time, so it's not like people are just jumping in and quitting, you know. So you can make the argument that they were playing because it was free, but there were always like free retail WoW versions that are closer with major expansions. But like the classic, the classic WoW servers themselves were always really popular. So I think I would agree or disagree with people in the chat that are just saying people are going to play it for like a day and quit. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt a lot of people will do that, and we'll see it at the end of the day. In one year from now, we'll have a good idea of where we are. Was it a good idea? Was it a bad idea? Are there people playing? You know, was it a flop? We'll find out then. But I don't think you can really fault Blizzard for, like, they clearly are feeling the market. And, and all their data tells them that there is demand for Classic WoW. You know, people are saying they will play it. Now, whether they will or not, you're making, you guys seem to be making predictions that they're not going to keep playing it. But I think the opposite. I think, I think people will play I mean, there's a reason people are playing, you know, old school RuneScape versus new RuneScape, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like some people, you, can, you can't please. Some people just cannot be pleased. You know, when they don't release Classic, people complain. Now they're releasing Classic and they're calling, being called greedy for it. So... Some people that's just, true some people you just can't please I, yeah it, it's impossible too like some you will that's why i think you know blizzard they're trying to cater to the biggest audience you know that's why a lot of changes in mrpgs for example frustrate people like altai and me you know we talked for a long time on this podcast about you know changes in mrpgs being brain dead you know like i've seen a lot of threads on our mrpgs lately like why are mrpgs stupidly brain dead between level one and end game and only when you reach end game do games get like options for challenging content like Clearly, the average Joe who plays an MMORPG, who plays WoW, who plays Final Fantasy XIV, they aren't looking for challenge in that in that part of the game. You know, they want to get challenged at the end, make it optional, and and it, it's remarkable. I still see so many players. Like I, I'm always so disillusioned because the people I hang out with in MMORPGs, they're hardcore players. But when I talk to average people, like when I run my casino Final Fantasy XIV, I talk to a lot of average gamers, your average regular gamers, and those guys, I always ask like, hey, you know, how are you enjoying the new Savage content? Like. 90% of the time, like, savage content. I'm not doing any of that stuff. What are you talking like, I, I haven't tried it yet. I'm too scared to try it. So in a lot of MMORPGs, like, there's content for everyone, you know? And if, if, if Vanilla WoW isn't for you, 
that, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, go play retail WoW. If retail WoW is not for you. Go play Overwatch. Go play Final Fantasy XIV. You know, so they're not trying to cater to everyone. So I think I don't know. I I don't understand the criticism towards Blizzard for vanilla WoW. It just seems like people wanted it and they made it. You know. Yeah, I, I, we're two weeks out, guys. We'll we're gonna see how it goes, and we shall see. But it's bad, Amart. They are wasting. They're not wasting resources. They haven't done shit for ten years. Okay, so they're clear, mm-hmm. it's not like if they didn't make classic, they would have like made an amazing game. You guys are. Look, if they, you're making it seem like if they didn't put like ten guys to work on classic, they would have like had Warcraft Four out. They would have had like, <laughs> like, hold on, all right, relax. They would have had nothing. Okay, it's either a classic <laughs> WoW or you get nothing. Okay, so this isn't like it's not like the magic of Blizzard's in return if they just stop working on classic. So I don't know where you're getting this idea from. Yeah, and again, Blizzard has they, they they have multiple teams work on multiple projects already too. So it's not like you know they couldn't work on other games at once. You know, I mean they've been working on they say they canceled the game recently that they were working on for a while. So you know there are other products at Blizzard as well. And honestly, I, I people are saying it's free money for Blizzard. I really don't think it's taking a lot of resources that to make Classic Web because again we've seen Classic servers on private servers for a long time. You know they had to obviously reoptimize the code, but I don't think it took a, a great deal of resources to make Classic WoW. So I don't think it really diverted too much anyway. I mean, I mean, and people, it, it, I do find it remarkable that so many people are willing to attack Blizzard. You know, like as if they're being stupid. They're 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 reading all the market signals wrong. I don't think so. I mean, I think you guys don't give enough credit to uh, Blizzard or a lot of these game companies. You know, a lot of changes or decisions that that are made are made with more information than we have. It's very hard sometimes from the outside looking in and, and it's easy for us to call these game companies stupid like again on the podcast all the time i usually rail about games being too easy and how brain dead the early experiences right but i never actually go out and say with prescription that they should make the early game difficult because that's what i want and i realize that's what i want right but i realize from the game company's perspective it's clear to me that that's not what the, the audience actually wants because we've seen you know literally across the board world of warcraft final fantasy 14 everquest Dark as a Kama, Maple Story, across the board, every single MRPG I've ever played has gotten has made the leveling process more and more brain dead as the years have went by. It's gotten easier, more casual, less punishing. This is across the board. No game has gotten more hardcore. They all go easier and easier. So even though my preferences don't align with the decisions a lot of these game companies are making, I'm not going to go and call them out for being like outright stupid for making those decisions because it, most people seem to want that. You know, where I do like to criticize game companies is where they could provide other options without taking away the easy option. The easy option is what a lot of players do want, but I think they should have, you know, harder options early on if you want the extra challenge. Again, Zenex, I think what you're doing is um, you're criticizing their ability to gather data. And I think the data that Blizzard has access to in terms of engagement, in terms of, you know, market surveys, in terms of pulling their own player base, feeling out their own player base, it's quite a bit greater than just literally looking at Twitch and that's it. Like you're implying that they're looking at Twitch engagement and that is a totality of their data. And I look, I, I, I'm gonna give a little more credit to a lot of the game companies for the decisions they make. And I'm assuming they have more. They have actually more information than I do. And I, I, I'm the first to admit that you know, I don't have all the info. I think something should be said about the fact that for a lot of for millions of players, uh, former players of WoW, mm-hmm. there is no MMORPG genre. There's just WoW. Yeah. So they, mm-hmm. when you know they were playing WoW in high school and college, then they drifted away, and now they just heard from their friends that they're you know relaunching the original WoW that they played as kids, and they're gonna come and play mm-hmm. this. They have no interest in playing Guild Wars or Final Fantasy. Oh, or, you're right. You're like, right. They just in their mind, you know, this online game where I level up and kill orcs. That's WoW. Like there's nothing else besides no, you're that. You're right. 
and, and, and there are millions of players like this that are current now in their <laughs> 30s like me, and they're just going to come play vanilla, and they don't care that it's not as good or there's better games or it's boring. They don't care because that is what they want, and mm-hmm. they have no interest in looking at anything else. No, you're right. I think so, too. Yeah, old 30-year-old boomers. We're, we're, there, there are millions of us, so be careful. Oh, Sandy Orochi says, sorry for bothering you, but I'm really wondering if you saw the Project Torque fan reboot. I have not. So apparently they're remaking Project Torque. Alta, do you remember that game? I think it was on Fiesta originally or Area Games. I do remember. Not, was it on Outspark or Area Games? It's a racing game with some, you know, some MO elements. That was basically like a lobby-based racing game, but like you kind of customize your cars and stuff. Yep. Pretty interested in making a new, uh, new version of it. Yeah, I don't remember what it was for, but it was one of the few... I guess car or racing MMOs and um, mm-hmm. Drift City being the other one, which is more persistent. No, Drift City was an actual racing yeah. MMO. Like Project Torque was a lobby-based racing game with some like RPG and like customization elements. But Drift City had a persistent world. It had like this GTA style persistent world. Drift City was like an actual racing MMO. We should bring Drift City back, guys. All right, hell yeah, Go, put that shit on Kickstarter. All right, let's just say bring back Drift City. Ask for hundred thousand dollars, and if we get the money, we just keep it. Boom. Thoughts? Good idea. Actually, co- good idea. Great idea. Cartwrighter is still going in Korea. I don't know why they shut it down here, but Cartwrighter is still huge, apparently, in Korea. Yeah, it's killing it in uh, South Korea. And I think it just launched in China on mobile, and it's doing amazing. It's one of the highest-grossing mobile games in China. Well, speaking of games in Asia, there's an amazing new MMORPG coming out in Asia well, with no release scheduled for the West. I'm not talking about Blue Protocol. What are you talking about? I'm talking about a DBZ MMORPG more. And this game has some quality, quality content, okay? So I'm going to play it at this timestamp. And I guess you're playing as a Namek here. And just, just look at this beautiful gameplay here. So This riveting gameplay. Okay, so look at all these piccolos and, Maj- and Majin Buu's. So he's, he's picking flowers on uh, Master Roshi's island? Yeah, yeah, there you go. This is it, boys. This is... This is this... You know what's really sad? This is a 2019 MRPG shown off at China Joy, okay? The, the, the gaming convention in China. After all these years of making MMORPGs, this, we still have goddamn picking up these garbage flower quests. Like, how many MMORPGs have you had to pick up like six flowers next to an NPC? This is what peak MMO is right here, boys. This is like so standard. This is so like generic. (laughs) I've done this exact quest in how many games, boys? How many games have you picked up six flowers? And the thing is like, every NPC, every time there's a quest for this, it's the guy standing next to you is like, hey, can you gather six like berry bushes for me and the berry bushes are right fucking next to him i'm supposed to be the hero of the save the world and i'm picking berries for this motherfucker right there Ugh. yeah but we've never done it as piccolo so uh, I've n- you're right you're right it could be totally different think of the potential it's just weird to see like all these piccolos I mean, yeah they're obviously supposed to be namics but like they all look the same you know like, like also like the thing about dragon ball z is like it didn't do a good job of like really developing their races you know like when you think namek you think of piccolo that's it like and all these guys are like piccolo like there's no is there any customization they have the same like their antenna links the same they have, like the same like squishy bits on their arms like it looks all the same well my my only hope is that it's, this is closed beta so maybe they didn't add customization but that, i know it's a tall order it probably is gonna look like this at the end mm-hmm. and i love i i love that the question mark for the quests and the exclamation marks who was the first was wow the first think, one the question marks wow. yeah i think it was wow with the question exclamation Good for them. Do you have any hope for this? No. I have no hope for this. No. And I doubt we'll, like, we'll, I doubt we'll ever see this in the West. This is probably just going to be a Chinese thing. I mean, uh, Miku Jun said a Death Note MO would be awesome. I don't know about that because, like, I feel the premise of Death Note, it doesn't really make sense for an MO. You know, like, 
All right, guys, we found the Death Note notebook, and whoever writes down the player's name that first PvP wins. Seriously, you know? typing just. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's really like a typing tutor, a typing race game, you know. But you think with like how big of a franchise Dragon Ball is in the West, like there are very few anime franchises as big as Dragon Ball Z. I, I would say you know Naruto, One Piece, Dragon Ball Z. Like these are there's a few, like, like, obviously like not a lot of Westerners like watch anime too much. Like obviously a lot of gamers do, but like Dragon Ball is one of the few that's like on mainstream TV that like kids are familiar with. And you'd think because of that there'd be some kind of like you know PCMO here in the West, but there isn't. I mean I think there's a few like mobile ones. There's that Dragon Ball Z. Budokai, what, 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 there's a few for mobile. I know they're, they're doing really well, but nothing for like PC. Well, until now, guys, get those VPMs ready. Get those VPNs ready, all right? Fire them up and connect to Dragon Ball Legend of Time and Space in China. There you go. And obviously, no Western release date, but you know, if you have an account on whatever uh, whatever service this is on, you should be able to play from the West. You know, there's usually no IP restrictions. If there is, VPNs are very easy to get around them. But this looks like very generic, too. You know, it's very sad to see wow. new PCMRPGs do it. Look, 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 he just blew, the he, gameplay is literally the same nuts we've seen. He's blowing every, up those squirrels. Pick, Piccolo's damn. going to town on those squirrels. Damn, those squirrels can take take those, uh, you know, laser beams. Do, do you remember Piccolo's uh, signature attack all time? I remember. Special do you remember? beam cannon. Yeah, they all I remember. He's a true Dragon Ball Z fanboys. Oh, Lord Rumi said it in chat, too. Special beam cannon, exactly. And he can also, like, if he cut his arm off, he can, like, grow it back. That's, like, his, his spiel. Too bad he was kind of, like, weak sauce in, in the anime. Except, like, the first, like, arc, he was kind of good. And after that, he kind of fell off. Of course I remember Pakiaki. I was testing Alta. I know Special Beam Cannon. I watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z uh, early on. It's my favorite, like, it was, like, my favorite anime as a kid. <laughs> but, yeah, it's sad that after all these years, the MMORPG genre really hasn't changed too much. We get the same kind of games. And just seeing this, this is like the cutting edge of like new games coming out. Again, this is China Joy showing off the newest content, the newest kinds of games, and it's the same nonsense. You'd think with a Dragon Ball Z game, you'd be flying around, right? At least. Because the flight in Dragon Ball Z was really cool. The melee attacks are really cool. The action gameplay, nope. Tab targeted, generic, reskin, and more RPG. Nonsense. Oh yeah, D Dragon Ball definitely has a lot of filler. We watched uh, Dragon Ball. Uh, we watched the yeah, Dragon Ball Kai. Basically, all Dragon Ball Z without the filler. I really enjoyed Dragon Ball Kai. Actually, mm -hmm. if you if you liked Dragon Ball Z when you're younger and you want to relive the nostalgia, watch uh, watch Dragon Ball Kai. Yeah, and uh, pro tip: watch it at 1.5 times speed. That's what we did. Yeah, if you want to get the yeah. All right. Well, we covered China. Anything else on the docket? Uh a lot, a lot of a lot of small news, honestly. Nothing, nothing really too major this last week. But um, uh, Black Desert Online is finally available for PS4. Oh and, uh, yes, and yeah. they actually had their earnings too, and uh, they're doing really well. Pearl Abyss. Oh really? Let's 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 check that out because I have not seen. Yeah. Uh, what's going on over there? The majority of their money obviously comes from mobile, uh, and mobile is still scheduled to come. Mobile Black Desert is still scheduled to come out in the West in 2019. End of 2019. This year, yeah, yeah. this year. All right, let's go look right now at their earnings presentation together. This will be right, an MMOs.com earnings dissect, all right? Live. Live, Live. action. On, oh, you got, you got to unzip it, too, after you download it. Oof, real, real complicated. I don't want to unzip anything. I, I can link you the zip. I, I'll link you the PDF, then. Oh. Mine's already good to go. Here you go. Look at this convenience. Convenience. I, we talked about, I think last week, we talked about Square Enix's earnings, and they did really well because of uh, MMO revenues are doing quite well for them. And let's see how Pearl Abyss is doing all that. I bust out these this slide deck 
Let's see how we're doing here. Okay, so August 9th, 2019. They're doing good. Number the they got their wands up. Lots of billions of wands. The wands are going up, boys. All right, so it's the right you direction. Growth from all IPs. What IPs? There's only one IP. No, they got two. Black Desert. No, they also have oh, Eve Online. Online. They yeah, I forgot they bought Eve. All right, look at that revenue. All time high, boys. So here's a here's the chart I care about here. Number six. <laughs> so we have uh, Q2 2019 is the latest. So Black Desert is obviously the majority. Um, mm -hmm. And the rest here is Eve. And uh, honestly, just... Eve makes a lot less money than I thought. Altai, do you know how much how much revenue fourteen point nine billion wants are? Fifteen. I'll okay. tell you. You gotta knock three zeros off it. I know that. So one. It's twelve point three million dollars. Yeah, there you go. That's nothing. That's chump change. They make twelve. You know, all of Eve Online makes twelve point three million dollars a quarter in revenue. They make they make four million dollars in revenue a month. Four million. What is that? How much does it cost to play Eve Online? Fifteen bucks. Yeah, fifteen bucks a month. So divide. Let's see. So they have, they have, they have like no, they have like what, two hundred thousand subscribers? I guess so. That's nothing. Yeah, they have, they have like two hundred fifty thousand subscribers. Four million. I mean, obviously it's you know four million ain't bad for you know you and me you know on the on the stream here, but for a game company, it's just not a lot of money, you know. Uh, but they do, thanks to uh, Pearl Abyss, they do have a mobile version in the works, and I suspect it's gonna make a lot of money. So I'm looking at this uh, re revenue by region. And I think this is pretty remarkable. If you look at the revenue by region on that same slide, Altai, slide six, you can see, you know, they went from basically being uh, Korea only to look how much more diversified their revenues are, Altai. Yep. So now uh, Asia is a big chunk, the biggest chunk. Mm -hmm. And then Korea is still a nice healthy 27. And North America, EU combined is 28%. So I think what, what they're doing really well with is Black Desert Mobile in Japan. I know you guys all know that Japan is a huge market for mobile games. Now they spend like crazy over there. And BDO Mobile is doing really well in Japan. I think it's one of the highest grossing mobile MMORPGs there. That's why the Asian market has gotten so much bigger. Yeah, and then the next the next graph under that shows uh, by platform. So 62% mm -hmm. of the revenue comes from mobile and 11% uh, from console, which will grow because they just launched on PS. Oh, what do they make on... Oh, oh, the only game they have on console right now is Black Desert, right? Yes, yes. I'm surprised. 11% of the revenue comes from console. That's insane. And and that 11% is just Xbox at this point because it, yeah. it's not out on... Um, uh, PS4 until now. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think launches like next week, but the beta is going. The beta ends today for the PS4 version. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, San and Orochi said mobile games will consume PC gaming. Yeah, I mean, it's already already mobile games are bigger than PC games worldwide. So that trend will only continue for sure. Uh, San and Orochi. Xenexile mobile is a Doom platform. I don't know about that. Well, streaming streaming it can work with mobile. You know, you got to stream it to your phone. <laughs> So I don't see how that's... That's a good uh, point. Maybe, maybe Google Stadia will like uh, bring back like more big-budget gaming, like more like traditional PCS gaming, because you could play that on any platform now without having a big, big PC or a gaming PC. Who knows? Yeah, I definitely think streaming uh, is a bigger threat to PC than mobile, because if you're on mobile, it's going to be streamed to you anyway. It's not going to... Mm -hmm. It's still going to be playing on your phone. Mobile is the Antichrist by Castle Murray. Look, honestly, a lot of us are... You know what this tells me? Our entire audience is very like they think like us. You know, we're very old school in that we don't like playing mobile games. I do like trying mobile games. I'm, I'm not like it's really tough for me to get addicted to a mobile game or really get into one. Yeah, the only mobile games I really like, most of my friends like, don't like. A lot of people that play mobile games, they play these gotcha waifu collectors. I know Shu plays a lot of Dragalia Lost right now. She plays Grand Blue Fantasy. She loves them, but the only mobile games I've ever been able to get into are you know Brawl Stars and uh, Clash Royale. Those are the only mobile games I've personally been able to like play and enjoy for hours on end and even those games i, I only really play if i'm away from the pc 
Mobile games are MMOs for ants. Doubt. <laughs> ah, I mean, San Arachi, the, the, the life cycle for mobile games we've discussed in the past are much shorter than PC games. There are very few mobile games that have, like, have been continu continuously popular since their launch. I think Grand Blue Fantasy is one of them. Uh, and FGO is running for like three years now. But Grand Blue Fantasy is one of the older mobile and more like mobile games that have been running for a long time. But I mean, it's weird because like I think most of us have seen the trailer for Black Desert Mobile. If you can show it off all the time on, on the background. Like it looks visually nice, but unfortunately the core gameplay in Black Desert Mobile, it feels like every other mobile game. Like it's not like you're playing Black Desert online. Like if you play Black Desert on the PC. It, you, and you look at the trailer for Black Desert Mobile, it looks nice, but when you play it, it feels like Lineage 2 Revolution. It feels like any other mobile autoplay nonsense game. Like, when I, when I did a video for, for Black Desert Mobile, I literally just... I got to a grind spot, and I just literally hit a button to autoplay. And my character just non-stop grinding. Like, what's the point? I think the mobile MMORPG I played the most was Ragnarok Mobile. Only because I loved Ragnarok Online. And I wanted to see what the big deal was Ragnarok Mobile, which is doing really well in, in Asia. And I played it for like a week. And by played it, I mean, I literally left it running on my emulator autoplay for a week because there was like no player input required. Like once a, once every two days, I would sell all my loot and buy new weapons in the, in the market board in the auction house and go back to autoplaying. And unfortunately for me, Black Desert Mobile felt the same way to me. It didn't feel like different. It was the same autoplay and more PG I've seen in Chinese games, in Korean games, Japanese games. It, just, it didn't feel different. But... It, I mean, it's popular. It's doing well in Japan. It's doing well in South Korea. But I, I just don't see the appeal. I'm still like, I'm still trying to mobile and more. I got a, I got a hot take. That's here. Okay, it's, it's not going to make us sound good, but in a way, it's actually a, a nice thing because it means we're all the same. Us humans, we're all the same in the end. Mm. So I used to, I still make fun of people who like standalone those big cameras. There's those thousand dollar cameras. So I had a friend come visit us in Turkey, and he brought one. Those big cameras. He's got to fidget with it and, like, take the shots. And I, I just tell my iPhone. I'm like, dude, are you retarded? Just take your phone, click, and the picture looks the same pretty much, right, to me. Mm -hmm. But no, no, no. This is like, you know, you got to get the angle. You got you to add different lenses to it. You got to get the gigapixels. Right? Now, and now I'm thinking, wait a minute. I think these PC MMORPGs are so great, right? Because you can do all the stuff. You got precision controls. But the average asshole is happy with the with what you just said. With the Lineage Revolution, Black Desert Mobile. Ooh, you're right. So we're the assholes. We are the big camera assholes in the gaming industry, of the gaming world. For That's the, actually a good take. I like that. Think about it. Like The average guy, he's like, dude, dude, relax. I know your monitor is great and your graphics card is cool. But guess what? I just want to kill orcs. I want to see numbers going up. That's all I care about. It's the same thing. Like He's watching me play you know, Final Fantasy. It's not watching me play Final Fantasy. And then I watch you play Lineage 2 Revolution on your phone. It's the same thing. You're killing orcs and the numbers are going up. But here's the thing. I really do feel like... That analogy makes sense because, like, when I see people with those giant, like, especially like amateur photographers, right? Like, like fucking wannabe photographers, right? Like, like we can be fun of Donna for a second, right? Either she's gonna hear us. She has one of those big cameras, right? Like the big thousand dollar big dick cameras with the different lenses. I remember she took a picture with it, and I remember you took a picture with your iPhone, and your iPhone picture came out like objectively better. Yeah, because like, because in order to take a picture with the giant widgety camera, the expensive camera, you gotta know what the hell you're doing. It's like it's like an art. It, it is a lot more. It's more complex, and it ended up looking better on your shitty phone than it did from the the big 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 camera. So from, from other people's perspective, whether you're playing World of Warcraft, whether you're rating Final Fantasy XIV, whether you're auto-playing Black Desert Online, like 90 it's literally the all the same. You're it's right. 90% the same. <laughs> Look, I don't want to believe it because, like, obviously I'm defending PC and RPGs and I don't like mobile games. But from, from a third-party perspective, they're looking at both things. They're going to prefer the auto-play game. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it gets you half. It gets you ninety percent of the way there, right? <laughs> so there it is, guys. We are the hipsters now. I like it. We're the vinyl spinning. Kid equals streaming music from Spotify. We bro vinyl with five pound record. Play. Exactly, Luigi Camp. I love it. That's another good analogy too. All right. RMRPGs are the five pound vinyl record players that we insist the grooves on the record player and make it sound more authentic and better quality. All right, and all the kids are playing their autoplay games, and we're stuck with our all right, old grandpa. School system. It's like you talk to your kid. Oh, back in my day, we had to have like no. Graphic GTA 1080 to play Black Desert. I had a full ATX tower, you know. <laughs> I had to put all these drives in there. <laughs> like, okay, Grandpa, I'm just playing on my phone. I, I don't even have to do anything. It just plays itself. Look, I'm leveling up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I had a water cooling system. We had this. I had these big keyboards. Now it's a complete autoplay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Canary. So we are the pretentious hipsters. That is the moral of the story. Oh, my God. That, that's a good point, too. Automatic versus manual cars. Yeah, people, like a lot of people insist manual driving is just like, oh my god, it's so much better. If you drive automatic, you're, you're a retard, right? You can save on gas, herp derp, right? But no, if you grew up, <laughs> you just drive automatic, it just drives itself, nothing to worry about. Yeah, you don't like stall out trying to go up a hill and then break your car, you know? <laughs> well, in the US, it's like 90% uh, automatic. I'm pretty sure Europe is going more and more uh, automatic as well. But Europe is a, is a poor place, that's why. Like they don't, they can't even afford drying machines in Europe. Okay, so don't take any advice from the Europeans, guys. The Europeans, they don't know how to dry their clothes. They hang it outside on their balconies on like on ropes, like it, like like. Do we live in the Middle Ages? Like cavemen, like they're literal cavemen. Oof. All right, so don't listen to the Europeans. They're like two hundred years behind America. God bless America and no place else. All right. Ooh, stick shift is anti-theft, and that's a good point, Nerf Scuttler. Somebody tries to steal your car, they can't, they can't even, uh, they can't drive it because it's manual. They just steal somebody else's car then. Full disclosure, Canaris, I do use a washing line. <laughs> <It's pretty funny. laughs> Canaris does use a washing You're a porch. <laughs> Americans dry their clothes by shooting at them. I like it, Nova Ariel. All right, the gunpowder from our guns just dries it out, all right? Death to autoplay. I mean, look, Castle Murde. Uh, we've been fighting autoplay on this podcast for as long as I can remember. And I still I still look forward to trying mobile MRPGs, hoping for something different. I know all the time I played um what was that game we got pay, we got paid to put a page up for? The, the that one, Chinese one? Oh uh, Dragon Awaken. Was it no no not that Dragon the, oh. the other one, the mobile one. I have my phone, I'm gonna look right now. Oh. We, World of Kings, remember that game? Yes, we played that. We played that game for a hot like two days. And I want to like it, but it was literally autoplay, you know? I don't know, man. I, I don't get it. I don't get it, boys. I don't get mobile games. What's wrong with us? Well, okay, here's a hot take. Here's another hot take. Ready? So it's, it's well known that Europeans play uh, soccer games more than Americans, right? Yeah. FIFA games are huge in Europe. Now, could this explain the, fo the soccer hooliganism in Europe? See, my theory what? that you see, video games make you violent, right? But that, that, that's so true, in though. America, they play Call of Duty and then shoot up stuff, right? Because but in, in Europe, they're all playing soccer games. So after after eight hours of FIFA on PlayStation, they just they you know they've all this they've all this violence building up in them. So they go to they go to the football stadium and just start punching people. Okay. What what are you talking? About? <laughs> 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 uh, you guys they play Call of Duty in Europe too. You guys don't know the soccer hooliganism thing? It's Wait, huge. I mean, obviously. The, they get like uh they get invent they get like very antsy and like they ride and stuff after soccer matches but like <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's quite comparable. Have I ever played football? Actually, actually, believe it or not, I actually in in middle school, or or elementary, I don't know. In in, in early school, I I played on the school team. Yeah, 
I remember like for a long time, like I would play when we were like we were for like, parents signed us up for like a league or something, and we would play like um I was playing forward for a while in soccer. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so fat and tired and lazy, you know? Because like I just play video games all day. I can't run around. And I'm like, I, I told I asked the coach, can I play goalie? Like, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, thank God. And I literally just stand there the whole time. Like once in a while the ball comes, you try blocking it, you know, you, whatever. It gets in, you don't really care. But like, you don't move around at least. Oof. Goalie was definitely the play for lazy Remo when he was young, all right? That's the play. Yeah, it was not not a good time. We're just standing in a field, getting sweaty. Uh, not my not my mood. As far as like those uh soccer those, those school like sports games, I, I I preferred volleyball. That was a fun one. I enjoyed volleyball. Were there any volleyball MOs? I'm sure there were. I'm sure area games had a volleyball game at one point. Well, I think a point. We need more. We had, we had plenty of golf games. We had plenty of um, racing games. There's a few tennis ones. Remember fantasy tennis? Yep, tennis. There's, there's, a, there's a bunch of golf ones. There was uh, obviously tons of racing ones. But obviously the best racing was Come On Baby. It was a classic. <laughs> oh, God. We must have showed that trailer at least like 10 times on the stream. Uh, let's see what else is going on at most.com. Let's see our, our weekly any spicy. Any drama going on this week, Altai? We got some drama on Twitch. So we know uh, everyone, everyone's probably heard this. So Ninja left. He went to Mixer. And usually mm. when someone stops using their account, it just kind of sits there, right? Just yeah. unused. But uh, Twitch didn't want to do that with uh, Ninja's account because obviously it's got a lot of people subscribed. People are watching it. Some people have a bookmark probably. So what they did on Ninja's channel was actually just show other streams. Right? So the other Fortnite streams playing when you went to... Oh, it was like auto-playing. Yes. So Ninja got mad about this, right? Which I was watching Ninja's like little uh, screed against it. And I was like, ah, oh, big deal, whatever, right? But here's the fun part. Somebody was streaming porn under the Fortnite banner. And <laughs> Twitch recommended it. So when little kids went to Ninja's you know, stream, they literally just saw porn. It's actually amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so you know what? Ninja had a legit grievance there because, you know, it's, it's his name. It's his brand. And if a parent walks in on their kid on Ninja's channel and just porn, they're going to blame Ninja, right? They won't necessarily know that it's Twitch doing it. That's still amazing, though, that the guy, like, you know, basically confused the algorithms to get recommended with those views and then end up on Ninja's channel with that. It's pretty funny. Yes. So the CEO of Twitch had to actually apologize to Ninja. Uh, usually, I think Ninja just whines about nothing. But this time, I think it's legit. You should not... He's a, he's a, his name is, is, has a lot of value, right, to himself. Mm -hmm. Brand value, whatever you want to call it. And you can't just show porn next to it. Uh, it's bad. Bad bad optics. Mm -hmm. so, I, I like your funny... Uh, good screenshot, Altai. Do you, you know what game that is? I've seen the same one, so I do know. It, this is a screenshot yeah. of ESO on the lowest settings, right? It looks like a like Dark Age of Camelot tier. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's ESO with the lowest graphics settings. It looks like a classic old MRPG. That's amazing. Didn't Ninja Didn't it... break TOS? I, I, I don't know. I don't think he's bound by him. I'm sure if he had a contract on Twitch, he probably fulfilled it before he left. You know, if he had a special deal with Twitch, he probably had to finish it before he left, and I'm sure he did. Exactly, uh, Nominos the Wanderer. It's actually ESO, but again, the game looks like ass on the lowest settings, but it's made to be played on any PC. Here's an interesting uh, post I saw on RMORPG. Have you seen this, Altai? Let me see what this is. Discord cracking down on RMT. Really? That's this is what I thought was amazing. I don't. I never knew um, Discord would do this. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of why. Why does Discord feel the you know this is just more work for Discord? Yeah. I don't know why they're signing up for like this level of like moderation. You know, like it makes no sense. I like how they say 
if you don't remove this, your server will be deleted. As if creating a new one isn't one click away. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, what a punishment. You're going to delete my, my free channel and your free software. I like the top comment. The real joke here is that this is anyone who likes Arcade enough to RMT on it. <laughs> it's just so weird that Discord would take this on themselves. And I actually still think I have a very uh, controversial view on RMT. I'm actually all for RMT, provided it's done by players in-game. I think I think as long as it's not done by botted content, RMTing is, is not harmful to the game. And in fact, it's you know it's a, it's a net benefit to all, all players involved, both the company, the buyer, and the seller. If RMT is a win-win-win, I think it should be, you know, a part of the game. Well, a lot of games have incorporated a uh, system like that. For example, you know, Neverwinter, WoW, EVE Online, where there's a mechanism to trade the in-game currency for the premium currency, right? Mm -hmm. But So I think that's a happy medium because everything stays in the game. Yeah. But uh, there's still a way to get the stuff that costs money in the game like through this process. But RMT, With the WoW tokens, for example. Yeah. yeah. But RMT for straight cash uh, to the player, I think that opens a whole can. Here's, what, here's the problem where that's hmm. going to just encourage hacking, stealing accounts. It's going to encourage bodies. That's true, yes. Uh, duping, right? It's, it, the incentives. But, but, the, but, the, but those incentives already exist all the time because there are thousands, there, there's so many, so much money sloshing around on RMT already. People do hack accounts. They do, they do sell the money to other players for money right. on player auctions and all these other websites. But if you, leak, so if you just say it's, it's all okay, there'll be a lot more, don't you think? Well, it's already going unnoticed and uncaught. You know, nobody gets caught for buying RMT, you know, and nobody gets banned for it. Or RMT anyway, so it already happened. I, so it's, I already, think, it's already encouraged. I, I don't think that's true. I think people every day people are getting banned for it. No, the people that get banned. I know Final Fantasy fourteen every like every like few months they post like, oh, we banned five hundred accounts for RMT. But the people that get banned are the ones that are literally spamming and slash shout chat in the busiest parts of the game, advertising their websites. Those are the guys that get banned. Not the, not not anyone else. I mean, I okay. So what what what, what will we gain then through I guess just totally blanket you know, allowing it? Wait, uh, the the problem is it has to. I, you, know, you, you should still ban people that bought and get the get the stuff illegally, like b b breaking the rules in the game. Right. I think that stuff just ruins the game economy right. and makes the, oh, the, the in-game economy we, worse. Do we both worse. agree there's going to be more of that if, if you allow the selling? No, I, I think there could be more, but it's more incrementally more. I think I think it already exists to a great degree in all these games. Well, let's say it exists to 100 units. I'm saying okay. it's going to be like 200, 300 units. Okay, fine. Say 200 units. They make so it double. It's going to double. Yeah. Right. I think that's bad. But, but but the benefit you get from allowing it and regulating it, I think, will more than offset the cost of having it. What's the what's the benefit? There's there's a huge benefit. I think people like, for example, like uh, for the WoW tokens, for example, the guy who plays the uh, the, 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 I'm the, good with the I'm good with the token style. But what you're saying is strict cash. Like, okay, I am selling a million isk for you know PayPal twenty dollars. Like I'm talking about no, that. It, it would be facilitated by like by. You know, Eve Online or Final Fantasy, or, or it, let's say, and let's and say instead of a WoW token, yeah, let's say you buy a WoW token, right? Yeah. Or you buy a F14 or WoW token, which is worth fifteen dollars, right? You have an option to get either fifteen dollars or seven US USD PayPal from 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 Blizzard. Okay, so what, what would the benefit of this? Maybe more people. Uh, maybe prefer the cash instead of the game time. But then it, this will only attract people who are trying to game the system for money now. The, the, the additional people that come in will be to game the system. Yeah, but those people that came in are now paying subscriptions to play the game to make money. And other players who are, who are customers of the game have a better experience now by being able to buy a currency maybe they couldn't buy before. Well, they could the buy people it. people that RMT benefit as well. Well, they could buy it before because with, with the WoW token style system. With the WoW tokens, yeah. Right, so they could buy it before so, from other players. Mm -hmm. So that's already... So, again, I think that the, the token system is the best compromise we have. And if you just allow straight uh, cash wait, trading... That, I do like the token system. I would like to see that in Final Fantasy XIV. However, there is a good point to be raised against it. And the, the good point I've seen raised against is it would create inflation. How do you feel about that, Altai? 
Because I think that is, it would create huge swaths of inflation in Final Fantasy XIV and WoW. Well, WoW already has it. So if Final Fantasy XIV added a token system, Yes, a lot of inflation. What do yes. you think? Yes, because because even with even with the token system, there's now an incentive for people who are optimal at making money to make more of it and sell it mm -hmm. to people who are less good at making it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So another thing, I know players of Fantasy 14 that literally have like gill cap, which is one billion gill. Wow. On like five different on themselves and five retainers. I know people with over five billion gill in the game. I have like four hundred million, which is not a bad chunk of change, right? But five billion gill. There are many players with billions of gil in the game that are that are doing absolutely nothing with their currency. They are just literally stockpiling it, right? Hoarding it, hoarding it. But that's good because if somebody hoards gil, it literally increases your purchasing power. So when you when you when you when you hear that other people have like five billion gil and you and you're broke, be happy because if that guy was spending his gil, he was buying out material, if he was buying out crafting supplies, buying out uh, cosmetics, he was buying out glamour items. The price in the market for it in the auction house would, be, would double or triple or quadruple. But the fact that those guys are not spending their money increases everybody else's purchasing power. Because only he got that gill. Most people get their gill by crafting and doing resource gathering and other stuff to like add more supply to the world. They're actually adding supply to the world and just and increasing everyone's purchasing power by not spending their money. So if you add a WoW token system in Final Fantasy XIV, I could see across the board the, the cost of things doubling or tripling. Because all those guys with billions of gill, all of a sudden, there's no reason to stack it anymore. They would sell it for, you know, for, for, WoW to for FF14 tokens. They should uh, they should have uh, the different cities in the game or factions should issue bonds so that the rich players can buy sovereign bonds and earn interest from the town's taxes. What do you think, Omar? Uh, any game that can like financially create like financial instruments like that would be really cool. And somebody asked, does the game have uh, guild caps? It does, but the thing is like we've seen it. every MMORPG right has uh, you know an unequal distribution of wealth. There are some players that are crazy wealthy and other people that are crazy poor. Which again, we've talked about this before, but I do find it amazing that like MMORPGs, which are generally like worlds where you know you have avatars, so there's no like discrimination, right? There's no racism in WoW. You know, whether you're you know you you, you choose the color of your Mikote skin, you know, you choose what your character looks like. So there is no like inherent bias in like appearance discrimination. It's a pretty equal world, obviously, minus how much time you can spend in it. Some people can play all day, some people can't. But despite being more equal than the real world, where people are discriminated against in the real world. There is still so much inequality, so much, you know, like so many people are poor in MMORPGs. And I find that people that are poor in MMOs are also like really poor in real life. People that can't manage their money in real life, they can't manage their money in like World of Warcraft either. From all my friends I know that play these games, it's very interestingly mirrors their real life experience to their in-game experience and how they manage their right. money. Yeah, if you're bad at managing money in a game, it's probably the best predictor that you're going to be bad at managing money in real life. Mm -hmm. I, I do think that's, I do think there's a huge thing to be said about that. And there's no reason you should be broke in WoW or Final Fantasy XIV. Like, just, just literally the bare minimum. Like, you don't need a lot of gill in these games anyway. As long as you have money to buy food and potions, you're good. That's it. That's, that's all you need money for in the game. Everything else is optional. Like, completely unnecessary. But people are like, some people are mega broke. And some people just uh, can't help themselves and they lose all their money to you in the casino. So Exactly. You just know, like, what do you do? Just like real life. <laughs> yeah. There, some people... <laughs> I don't know. So we went to the gas station today to uh, I, I get some quarters and fill up my uh, my air on my my car, and the gas station in Vegas they all have slot machines in them, which is always weird. Like why are there slot machines in the gas station? So like I'm I'm, I'm buying I'm buying some monster and getting some quarters for the air machine, and like there's there's like four people sitting on the slot machines in the gas station. Like dude, you're filling up your car and you couldn't help yourself but to play slot machines in the gas station. Like of all the you can you can play slot machines at any of the casinos. Any of the hotels? No. Like, what kind of degen do you have to be to play slots at a gas station? 
a grimy gas station. That's why there's so many other places you, you get like free drinks to casinos, better atmosphere, like newer slot machines. What the heck? No, my my image of rock bottom. Just close your eyes, guys, and imagine what rock bottom looks like. To me, that's it. It's a guy sitting in a grimy gas station, just pulling the lever while he's waiting for his car to fill up. Like, dude, <laughs> literally, like, if you want to gamble at like a at like a nice resort and you get free drinks, do that. There, there, there are like casinos all over Las Vegas that are nice. They give you free drinks, good ambiance. Don't be like such an addict that you like you just. Ooh, I'm at the gas station, guy, fill up. Maybe I'll maybe I'm gonna hit a jackpot. Let's go hit that gas station. <laughs> I'm gonna turn my it's life around. Weird. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. Yeah, you get free drinks in Las Vegas. You know, all the free alcohol you want while you're gambling. It's just weird, man. That is like you said, it is rock bottom. It's kind of sad. I don't think it it's is. Sad. Yeah. yeah but then again, I guess people feel that way when they're like, people that are opening loot boxes. You know, <laughs> like we we seen those videos of those people opening those FIFA loot boxes and stuff. But it's, it's it's one of the weirdest kinds of YouTube videos too. You search like fake grand order videos, or people are rolling for like waifus. And like their level of excitement, like it's cool and all, but like, I don't know, man. Like, if, if somebody's got like money to afford and he's, you know, opening a loot box, that's fine. But I feel like a lot of people do spend more than they can afford opening loot boxes in like CSGO and FGO, all these mobile games and whatnot. Speaking of loot boxes, uh, what's it called? Rocket League is getting rid of them. Interesting. Really? Yeah. So Rocket League, since they got bought by Epic, they mm-hmm. have decided that they will be removing <laughs> loot boxes. So interesting little dynamic there i wonder if this is a first of many kind of situation where we kind of reel back the whole loot box issue i mean it, clearly the loot box don't work for every game I mean, fortnite doesn't have loot boxes right and they seem to be doing really well yep so you could you remember in like the single player mode you could buy those llamas i think i got rid of those i don't know i i don't think the whole loot box thing is gonna last in the west i don't think our culture will allow loot boxes in the eastern mm-hmm. games in the east we'll still have them but uh not here Perhaps that's my both my expectation and my hope. So it could be me being biased, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen the most successful games, you know, don't, didn't really have loot boxes, right? We had, um, I know League added them. I'm not sure how much money they're making for it, but like Fortnite doesn't have it, and up until somewhat recent, League didn't really have it. But they did. Honestly, I don't, I don't really know how what League does now with their monetization too much. But back when I played League, they didn't have it. ESO has got crates. Fortunately, WoW doesn't have a Final Fantasy 14. Like a lot of the big MMORPGs don't really have loot boxes them yet. A lot of free-to-play games did have it, though. I know uh, Rift has it, and a few other games have it. There's a lot of artificial controversy over, like, um, cash shops, though, for, like, cosmetics. Like, forget mm-hmm. loot boxes. Like, in WoW, they sell uh, mounts for money, right? Mm-hmm. And some people are like, oh, like, this mount was supposed to be rare. How dare you sell it? Like, who cares? Don't buy it. Like, if you don't want the mount, don't buy the mount. Don't- I know. It, it, it goes back to what Jim Sterling says, though. He's like, oh, the, for me, the gameplay and progression is the cosmetics. You know, how, what do you tell those people, Altai? Too bad? Yeah, Stop yeah, being I, a girl. That's what I tell them. Oof. That's some... Uh, <laughs> okay. It's 2019, Altai. You can't say that. You can't use girls in insult in 2019, all right? <laughs> whoa, whoa. Hold on. Did you just misgender Jim Sterling? This is on Twitter. You get banned, Altai. All right? Well, good thing went out on Twitter, huh? All right. Well, I mean, uh, Twitch, Twitter, they both think with TW, you know? TWI? <laughs> yeah, t- TWIT, actually. We're talking about The first four letters are the same. I am not on board with that. Look, it's, if it's uh, cosmetics, horses... You know, don't don't complain. You don't have to like it, but you can't. And also, it's not even people saying I can't get it for free. Those aren't the people complaining, right? The mm-hmm. people complaining are people who buy it. Let's say you buy a mount for thirty dollars. It says a uh, limited mm-hmm. time, so you buy it, and there's no way to trade it or anything. You, you, now you own yeah. it, right? And like two years later, they re-release it for like fifty dollars. 
It's, a, it's back. Yeah, but you can back from the vault. Back from the vault. Even though Wait, but when they say limited time, there was implication there. That, like that could be fraud. You, know, you could be they're clearly trying to communicate this like a one-time deal, right? Well, so, uh, no, no, limited you know time. What, you know what? I, I, no, I'm with them. Limited time doesn't mean never again. It just means limited. Like we're gonna sell it for a month, and then then literally everything is limited time. So long as it leaves the store eventually. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Now you got. No, but 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 the point is, if they feel like that was misinterpreted, you know, like if they clearly like as long as the person buying it isn't fooled to thinking it was it's never gonna be sold again, you know. So I, I can sympathize with the player if they bought something thinking it was like a one-time deal, and then it's well, actually well, not. What is he gonna do with it? Like it's not like what, oh, for nothing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like, it's when, you, like he, when you tell someone it's a one-time deal and it's not, it's obviously They didn't say one time, I don't think. They said limited well, time. Uh, now, yes, but again. Is it limited to a million years? Is it limited to one day? They didn't, they didn't say. But, but the, the point is, in these situations, the way the, the Western court system works is, if the person feels like they were ripped up, they, they, they were like, they didn't understand. Like, it's up to the company to explain the process. Sorry, right? the TOS says you don't own anything, so they're good. But that's that's not the way it works today, you know. I'm pretty sure Wild's not going to get in trouble for this. It's and they've been doing this for years now. It's like if you, if you sell like a box, if you sell like an iPhone box on eBay, and you say like just a box, right? And then like somebody buys it thinking it's like the full thing, you still broke the law. You can get banned, and they, they can well, come after you in civil court, in small claims court. Sure. And the fact that you put just a box in small font like an idiot doesn't give you any like any kind of like I got you, you know. It's what the consumer expectations are. Right. Those, well, those expectations well, remember, are they've been doing this for a long time, so it's clearly not illegal, I don't I suspect. Yeah. Because so as Canaris says, sometimes they actually say like, quote, never again, only during this event, and then like three years later they bring it back. <laughs> okay, again, if they, if they, if they, <laughs> as long as as long as the guy actually knows they're buying, you know? I remember I remember a League of Legends got in a lot of trouble with this too, right? So they brought back a lot of old skins that they were like they said they were never gonna bring back. But the new ones they brought back have like Slightly different borders. So you could tell what the legacy ones look like and the new ones look like. So there was a small distinction, right? Which I was a pretty decent compromise. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure why I did that too. Like me. Yeah. Made it like a, a pixel different or something. Yeah. Also, whenever people uh the whenever the concept of digital ownership is confounded in people, mm -hmm. I like it. Because I don't think there's there should be a sense of ownership in a digital world. So whenever it happens, I'm 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 <laughs> thumbs up. Right, you don't own your skins. You're not buying anything when you buy skins. Okay, just you're just burning your just burn your money. If you're happy to burn your money, burn your money. Uh, I can't say anything. But if you burn your money and then complain, then I can make fun of you. Well, I'm looking at our RMRPG, trying to find some controversy. Found this useless post about this guy complaining about bad practices in Final Fantasy 14. Does this guy have any kind of uh, credibility? What do you think, Altai? He complains that basically, if you take a break in Final Fantasy 14 for two months. You lose your house, and it's bad, and that's terrible. Yay or nay? What do you mean, like, like, like if you unsubscribe? No, it's not bad. You should lose your house if you unsubscribe. Well, the the, the, the basically, if, if you don't, if you're inactive, your housing will d disappear, and other players have a chance to get your house. That's the way housing is always worked. Right. It was a limited time, basically. Right. I'm okay because there's, there's so few plots. Yeah. Right. I don't understand why this. Uh, I, I I don't really understand this guy's point. Uh, this seems very fair to me, especially yeah. when you buy a house. It tells you this. Like, there's no misconception here. It's like. You know, when you buy a house, this is the way housing works, you know? If you're inactive for two months, your house will disappear, and somebody else has a chance to buy your house. There are a limited number of housing slots, and this is just the way it works. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I see no credence here. I don't Ready? Uh, Lindar12, your your grievances have been heard on the MBOS.com podcast, and we rule against you. Everyone rules against you. Sorry. Everyone, Lindar, you're gone. You, you, you have no validity to your concerns, and may God have mercy on your soul. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it, it has so been heard. It has been 
adjudicated on the MOS.com podcast. If any other concerns or complaints, we'll hear it out on the podcast. I actually thought this uh, art, this, I saw this thread, I didn't click it, but what I thought would be is like small things that they haven't changed over the years. Hmm. Like, I don't know whether it's uh, the old, actually, they actually did say they're going to get rid of the, uh, they're going to compact the old story. Did you hear about that? Yeah, that, I think it's good. Yeah, so Final Fantasy finally is going to make the story more compact, the old story, I guess. Yeah. So thank goodness. Um, that's a long, long way. I still need you to play Final Fantasy fourteen with me. I need a free. I mean, if I buy, if I buy you an account, that's you know. No, no, no. Because I, I know, I know the money's still going, so it's, it's still bad. If it was, so I saw actually on Slick Deals, it's forty five dollars right now for the for the whole complete pack, right? Oh, King Caboodle, yeah. Yeah. If that included the like, like wow, the level, like you start at the current expansion, I, mm-hmm. I think I would buy it, but it, it doesn't, so I'm not going to. If you start if you start the current expansion, you might like it all time. That's what I'm saying. If, if, Play through the story. Yeah, and the story is actually good on the current one. $45. Start me at the current level, like you know, whatever it is, like 60 or whatever. I, I want to play through the Yeah, that I would do. But I'm not gonna pay uh what is it, $30 for the level skip and then $30 for all the Okay, so what what if we raise it to you through donations all time? No, no, because I know the, the it's a principle. I don't I can pay for it myself, guys. That's not the problem. The problem is I don't want to reward. Enix, I, I would buy it for him too. He just doesn't want to accept it, you know. Because then Square Enix is getting rewarded for putting that mechanism in place, right? Like it's working. So if they see me buy it, and then oh, like okay, this is a great feature. Let's keep this stupid story and level skip thirty bucks each, and just keep making money. So I want to punish them. I, I I do think it should come. I think the late if you buy the expansion, the bundle, it should come with uh, like the level and story skip until the current content i mean i you should you, you know you don't have to use it because i think some people yeah, will enjoy the story but it should it should definitely come included in my yeah, opinion yeah it'd be, it'd be it'd be a nice value for the player to have that included especially especially because i think final fantasy 14 a lot of mrpgs they really get their their value from keeping a customer for a long time you know i've been subscribed to ff14 for like three years now right that's where the value comes from that's where they make the profit that monthly subscription that recurring revenue but if you have to have a 200 hour you know gate before you can start playing the real game you know that's definitely uh for a lot of people, a big turnoff. Okay, I, I, oh, and here's a, here's a double double insult to injury. You don't just pay for the level skip. You got to pay separately for the story skip. Yeah. Like, come at least make it one. Like, if it was, then I would be like, I would entertain it. But um, it's a slap in the face. Like, we make the story so long on purpose, so you got to pay us. No, no, they didn't make the story long on purpose. I know, I know, but it's All just right. silly that you got to pay separately for those two. Not able to commit two hundred hours. What a pleb. I'm with that. There you go, Atlas. It's like the. It's like the. The Final Fantasy XI launcher, play online launcher. That was it was very difficult to navigate just to weed out the plebs. All right. It's just a silly, silly system, I think. What else we got? We got. I'm seeing a lot of posts on FF14 on RPG though. They've been it's really up there this last week. I'm glad Final Fantasy XIV is getting some love. Oh, I, I get this. This is a brief thing worth uh, mentioning before I forget. So Daisy got in some trouble in Australia. Actually, they said uh, you cannot show drugs. The way you depict drugs in Daisy is is not kosher, so we, you can't sell your game in Australia. So what Daisy did was change the game globally to accommodate Australian law. So what do you think of that? So, so some some censorship from the part of Australia now affecting everyone in America. Now and here's the funny thing: so they censored these drugs and no one cares. But imagine they turned all the guns into paintballs. People would be up in arms about censorship, right? Yes, yes, Why? they would. So it's so funny that. When Australia imposes their will, their, those, the kangaroo will on the world, no one bats an eye. But if a company like Daisy said, oh, our game is not being approved in China because of guns, so we're going to mm-hmm. globally make them paintballs, 
you wouldn't hear the end of it. You know, oh, Chinese you know, company caves to Chinese censor, right? That would be the. That's that, true. That's true. You know, these damn kangaroos do it, and nobody bats an eye. That's actually pretty hilarious. So that was my only. Those darn kangaroos. All right, maybe we should take to the post game. I, I, I got something else I want to show you for the post game, though. Okay, we'll move on to the post game. Thanks for watching, guys. And Thanks for watching for YouTube, guys. Stick around.